Speak and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera, where we break down issues of religion and faith to help gain a better understanding of the sacred and secular. In a previous episode, we discussed uh, who wrote the Bible, how our current Bible was developed and compiled together. If you're interested in that episode, you should definitely check it out. It's called Who Wrote the Bible? In today's episode, we want to talk about how to read the Bible. Where do we start? Is there a specific order we should follow? Do we start at the beginning or somewhere in the middle? And a lot of people are asking these types of questions online. Questions like these are averaging about 11,000 searches a month. So it's definitely a popular topic. Of course, we're here with none other than Dr. Mark Rivera, (laughs) who's going to share his perspective on this topic. So Dr. Mark Rivera, thank you for being and taking some time to discuss this topic with us on how to read the Bible. I'm excited. I really am excited about um, the podcasts that we're doing and having this time of interaction is just uh, very enriching. And by the way, not just one way. Oftentimes we think it's somebody on a perch pontificating. That certainly is not me. We learn together and, uh, and I am learning together. So I'm really excited about today and what we're going to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for taking time to do this. So where should we begin? I'm thinking, why, why even read the Bible, right? Why, mm-hmm. why? Let's let's start there. Before we get into how to read it, how to study it, again, those are very popular questions, but why do we think people are even curious about reading the Bible? What, what's the big deal? You know, <laughs> that that's a great question to open up with because in the last session that we had when we were talking about, you know, where does the Bible come from and all of that, that stemmed from a survey analysis that you did that said about 20,000 people or so are uh, searching that, you know, that, posting that question. So in response to that question you just made, I guess we have over 20,000 reasons of why the Bible, <laughs> because everyone comes from a different perch, a different situation in their life. What excites me is that there is an interest in the Bible, and, and, and that's separate from religion and all of that other stuff. Uh, because the question itself, I mean, the interest itself of, of the number of people opposing these questions um, shows the thirst for spirituality, this, the search, as I've said so many times often, that we want to experience something bigger than ourselves. And the Bible represents that for so many people across the board, even uh, the atheist, even the person doesn't you know, really believe in whatever they can articulate, or those people that are struggling with belief and those that are struggling with spirituality or those that have suffered, you know, um, setbacks and, uh, and and pushback in their own church experience in the past. You know, the Bible still is there uh, to provide for us faith and hope and, you know, and move forward into the, into the future. So I think um, uh, it's something that innately we as human beings are searching for. That's what I think it, the answer for that would be. Innately, that's what we do. We're searching for truth. We're searching for something that would serve as a catalyst or a foundation, better said, a foundation to lead us forward into a life that's um, that really exploits all of our potentials and we can leave, live that live out that potential. That's what I think. So, yeah, let's start from that vantage point of explore, exploring spirituality. Let's say this is somebody who just uh, started exercising their faith in God. And where should that person perhaps start? reading the Bible? Do they start in Genesis? Do they start in Matthew, the first book in, uh, in the New Testament? Um, for a new believer, somebody who just, um, again, started to build up their faith and they want to, like you said, uh, build their spirituality through reading the Word of God, reading the Bible, where should that person, for example, start? What do you think? Uh, the first reaction that I have immediately is, just start. Hmm. 
you know, sometimes when we plan or, or, uh, or start to come up with a process, we get stuck in that, that uh, hamster's wheel and we never really get going. Start, just start, plunge in, it's important. Now, if you want to have some, a template, for example, that you can examine, uh, uh, just to repeat something that I shared the last time, you know, we, we realize that the Bible is a library and I use that picture of walking into a library, a science library or whatever, you're, you're interested in cooking and, you know, there's so many different cooks and, you know, so many different recipes, but you're interested in this big picture cooking, right? So you walk into a library that that's what it caters to. And in there, you're going to have how to cook whatever, Asian cuisine, Latino cuisine, American cuisine, and they'll have sections in there. And they'll even talk about the authors that wrote these recipes and all of that and, and how, where these uh, ingredients were grown. So you'll go to the section that you're most interested in that moment. The same way, as I explained before, the Bible is like, in fact, the, the word Bible means the books in plural. So it's a library that you're walking into written by various authors, inspired by God, bringing about truth that applies transculturally. It applies regardless of what cultural background you are, regardless of your social economic status. It applies to humanity. It's God revealing himself, his loving self, into humanity. That's what it is, his revelation of himself, a loving God, uh, not a judgmental God, but a loving God into the story of humanity. So you're walking into this library, and I think what we need to do is, first of all, walk in, as I said, you know, however, sign in to the library and walk in, and that's plunge into it. It's going to be beneficial to you. One of the things that are, that are critical is to walk in from a personal perspective, and I know, I know that in this audience, we also have people that serve as clergy people in, in congregations or wherever it is. Oftentimes, we as clergy people have a tendency to walk in in preparation for a sermon, in preparation for a Bible study, in preparation for some course I have to teach, in preparation for some workshop I have to do. So you, you already are predetermining the information that you're looking for. It isn't so much for inspiration or personal growth. Is so that I'll have an uh, 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 an outline developed when I'm preaching, when I'm teaching, when I'm going to do a discipleship class, a marriage class, or whatever, a grieving uh, a group, uh, and you have a set formula. The I think the inclination toward the Bible in this discussion is not about that. It really is about personal growth. It's about personal development. It's about personal devotion. So it it, it we have to make that distinction. Because otherwise the results will get will, will get very different. Some people even approach reading the Bible so that they can come back and argue with somebody on something that they said about the Bible. Mm. That is not what I'm talking about. If that's you, then fine. But if you want strength, inspiration, built up your faith, then I, I think I have some ideas that you want to consider. First of all, remember that there's so many books in the Bible and there's segments in the Bible. And just to review very quickly... You know, the, 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 the oldest books in the Bible are founded right at the beginning of the Bible, the Pentateuch, the Jewish Bible, the Torah, the first five books. Uh, and that's what it's written about. It's written toward the people of Israel and for their religious observances and the, the rules, regulations that they needed to follow. Uh, you, you find them in the, in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. If you want to read about the history, then, of course, Joshua to Esther, filled with history about the Jewish people and their interaction with the other nations around them and so forth. If you want to read about the poetic books, then of course, then, then that's Job through the Song of Solomon, 
uh, the, the poetic books. And I mentioned previously, just to repeat real quickly, though in there you'll find the Psalms, which some of them were books uh, uh, to process, to march into or up to Jerusalem. And the people would recite those Psalms and those songs as part of a processional. And sometimes in life, we feel like singing. And sometimes in life, we feel like reading poetry. And sometimes in life, we want to look at nature. Well, then the poetic books are great. So you, you, let's understand the sections first. And if you look then uh, later on at the prophets, uh, Isaiah to Malachi, the, that section of the, of the Old Testament uh, speaks about God's utterances, direct utterances to the people of Israel as far as a warning to them or foretelling something that was going to take place or bringing correction specifically to the people of Israel. And then, of course, we jump into the place of uh, uh, closing out the, new, the Old Testament and into the New, where we have the Gospels. And oftentimes the general uh, consensus is a Gospel is four books. Uh, I look at it a little, bit, a little bit differently, just to repeat what I've said before on this point, and that is you have the Synoptic Gospels, which is Mark, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and synoptic meaning that they're similar stories in all three. So you can read them and they complement each other. There's a, what's called the harmony of the Gospels, and that happens with those first three books. And that's wonderful because it tells the story of the Gospel, of Jesus' story, his, his birth, his, his life, his ministry. And those are really, really good, particularly for, for, for people that are new in faith. Those are really good books to help to highlight. The book of John, I look at it as self-standing. Some people say that that's one of the Gospels. Yes, it is a Gospel, but it is not a synoptic Gospel. So you won't find in there the Christmas story. The, the book of John, written in the latter part of the first century, really contains about a month in Jesus' life. And it presents him as the one that we were waiting for. And if faith in him will take you to salvation. That's what it really presents uh, for, for people. So that's a unique gospel, but also good for the new believer and even those people that, um, that have been walking in faith and perhaps skidded off a little bit or got distracted. That's a good book to get back to as well. And then you have the following the gospels, you have the letters, the epistles, written in, in, in majority by the apostle Paul, and in there, you'll find him addressing not people to come to faith, but rather people to stay in faith, because he's writing these letters to the church, or churches, I should say. So those are good for people that have walked in faith, that have perhaps grown up in church or in, in a community of faith, and uh, just need something to keep them back on track. That's a good one to read and reread. And then, of course, we have, uh, after the epistles, we have then the, the, the future prophetic vision uh, the book of Revelation, which shows us what it shows us what is to come. So the key here on this point that I want to make is, yes, plunge in. Yes, remember that the Bible is written by various authors and it can be segmented into the segments I just mentioned. Uh, you may want to explore that uh, and look at that and be careful in 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 reading that. And then, of course, uh, make the effort to just plunge in and find in as we're walking into this library called the Bible, the books, find what section you want to go to and then go there and then read not to preach a sermon, to get into a debate with someone, but really for yourself, your own self edification and your own self growth. Yeah, that's great. That's definitely very helpful. Understanding the different sections of the Bibles, understanding how it can be broken up thematically like that, because that can help determine depending on your vantage point and what you're looking for where you may want to begin 
uh, reading the Bible. Yeah, because if someone is brand new, for example, yes. and they plunge into the book of Revelation, that might be more confusing for them than anything because there's a lot of symbolism in there. And uh, uh, and not that they can't read that, but maybe not at that. It's like when you get up in the morning, you don't typically have steak and potatoes and, you know, <laughs> you don't have a dinner in the morning. Typically, I mean, some, some, people, people, some people do, yes, <laughs> some people do. But depending upon where you find yourself in life, yeah. you know, you'll have the oatmeal in the morning or a little bit of orange juice or something, or maybe nothing at all, maybe just a cup of coffee. But it's the same thing when you're approaching your spiritual diet and your spiritual and inspirational hunger that you want to realize where you are before you plunge in, uh, uh, but definitely walk in, definitely walk into that library, definitely walk into scripture, jump into it at some point, and then don't be in a rush to find the answers immediately. Just don't be in a rush. Just read it, and, and we're going to get a little bit more to that in a few moments. What are your thoughts on um, relying on um resources outside of the Bible to help guide you. What I'm thinking as an example is a, a daily devotional, for example, that may have some scripture reading, uh, maybe some sort of explanation for that uh, particular passage of scripture that you just read, and then it prompts you for uh, a prayer. What, what are your thoughts on that as far as helping you to read the Bible? I, I think those are good. I, I really do. I mean, anything that would point you to reading through scripture, I think it's good. Again, the point is read it, though. Um, especially now that it's so readily available. It's not like before, you know, we, we can get it anywhere. But I, I think devotionals are good, and you you have them online available, and you can do daily devotionals, um, uh, with, and it won't take a lot of time, which I want to talk about as well. Sometimes when we tell people read the Word, they think they have to sit down for five hours and try to digest all this uh, letters of antiquity and, and f- figure out how does it apply to, you know, the urban setting and taking the subway and, you know, uh, the, the 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 super high prices of food and all of that and gasoline, and, uh, and and then we end up getting confused about it as well. We need to realize that we need to take our time. We need to definitely plunge in, uh, and we definitely need this diet in our lives. Don't get discouraged. But read uh, a devotional is is perfectly okay. You don't need to read a full book. Uh, they say that if you read about three chapters per day every day, you can read through scripture in one year. Hmm. But now here's my here's my tension. So what's the goal? The goal is to read through scripture in one year, or the goal is to get inspiration from what you're reading. Because hmm. if your your goal is three chapters per day, then some chapters are very long. You're gonna have to just run through them. You're not gonna get much nutrition. I am of the conviction that sometimes it's okay, not sometimes, I think it's okay to park, and it happens to me. Sometimes I get stuck on one verse of scripture or one little segment of scripture that has four or five verses, and I'll stay there for a few weeks. Hmm. And that's okay. Yeah, 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 that's okay. You stay there because sometimes there's a, there's a lot in there, or, or even it's just, you know, we learn by repetition too. Sometimes God has to tell us things over and over and over because we don't get it the first time or the ninth time. We just have to keep repeating it. So that's okay. Don't let yourself be driven by, I have to read it by the end of the year. The key is every day you should read something. And if you get stuck on one scripture or one passage or one parable, for example, or one psalm, uh, and you're reading it over and over, for, maybe you is the, the Lord leading you to do that. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Don't feel guilty about it. Just make sure that you keep reading it. Now, don't stay stuck there forever. 
you know, um, and again, I've done that. I've I've been stuck on scriptures for for weeks at a time that I can't get away from because the Lord is dealing with me. And again, it's dealing with you. It is not to enter into a debate with someone. It is not to tell someone, um, you know, I've read fourteen chapters to, uh, this morning. No, that's that's medals you want to you want to have on your on your lapel. That that isn't the key. The key is to receive inspiration and strength. Right. No, that makes total sense. I also want to point out the. Um, the metaphor you're using, uh, in case the audience hasn't noticed, it's spiritual food. It feeds you spiritually. Right. Can you can you elaborate a little bit more on that for people who may have a hard time kind of wrapping their mind around that perspective? Right, but but again, there there if you approach it the wrong way, like I said a moment ago, if you're going to eat steak and you know potatoes and and all that stuff in the morning. Uh, there's going to be a point where it's going to affect you. It's it's food, but it's not nutritious to you at that moment. So it is something that will nourish you. Some people read, um, and, and I'm thinking back when I was in, in, you know, in school, in college in particular, people would reference the Bible as another book or as a book of just poetry. And they were looking at it not for inspiration, but to break down the prose and see how that works out. All right, so, but that is not what the intent of the Bible is. The, remember, the intent of the Bible is to experience God's love in a personal level, God revealing himself, and he's a loving God, revealing himself um, that 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 uh, hugely complicated being which is God which we overcomplicate it really we can boil it down he's just a loving God he's trying to reveal himself to your life so you want to read the Bible with that perspective not to check off a list of I read this chapter this chapter this chapter but rather inspiration how does it inform? You as a man, as a woman, as a young person, as an elderly person, in your stage in life, how does the Bible inform you? How does it inspire you? How does it strengthen? If you're going through chemotherapy for say, how does can the Bible speak hope into your life? If you're going through a divorce, can the if you just got a promotion and you bought, just bought a new house, can the Bible? And I, my, the answer to all of the journeys of life. Yes, the Bible refers or, or, or can inform all those situations in life. If you hit a wall and you don't know how to get out of a situation, a problem with the, uh, the, uh, you know, a child that's, that's out of control or whatever it might be, the things of life, um, the Bible can inform you and inspire you and strengthen you even through all of those. That's why I said that it's a book of inspiration that brings you strength and moves you forward rather than just a book. For that, read Shakespeare, read something else, read Cervantes, you know, Man of La Mancha, you know, that, <laughs> that might help it. But to get inspiration, I don't go to those books, you know, I, I go to the, the Bible so it can strengthen me to face the day. So reading the Bible can inspire, um, it also can have other impacts and it has had other significant impacts in history. Obviously, uh, you know, we talked in our last podcast uh, about, um, uh, who, who wrote the Bible? We talked about uh, Martin Luther uh, reading the Bible, and that revealed some truths that went against some of the traditions that the Catholic Church were, was following at that point in time in history. Um, so there are things that can that there are truths that can be revealed. So I kind of want to dig deeper into not just the inspiration, but the revelation of truth in general, and how that can kind of tra that has the power to transcend your your current situation whether you're being oppressed uh you kind of you're nodding your head because i think you know where i'm getting at it's like the example that we uh briefly talked about before recording this podcast was the impact the bible had on slavery in america this yeah. might be a bit of a touchy subject but yeah. um th yeah walk us through that yeah that that i think that that's an excellent example because here we look at 
the horrible story of slavery in America, the the yes. embarrassment, the blasphemous treatment of other human beings, right? Yes. Uh, and all of that is even contrary to the scripture that we read and the God that we understand, right? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. But yet it happened. And, and I think for that, as we talked about pre- prior to uh, the podcast, is we have to put ourselves, if we can, we can't because you know you have to feel the pain and the, the captivity of the human spirit. But um, if we put ourselves in the, how, how was it that these slaves were able to read the scripture? They, were also, they would also be punished by death if they read the scripture, right? Because they weren't yeah. allowed to read. But some of them did. How, were, how did they reconcile these Christian slave owners reading the same scripture yet oppressing and, and really killing and hurting and enslaving another human being. How is that possible to such an extreme that these slaves still saw God yeah. from the same book that their slave owners justified oppression? It's right. almost a contradiction, right? It's it always, is. It is. It's, it's a, hard to wrap your mind around. I mean, yeah. and, and you can assume that these people, you know, they came from another country with other traditions and other religions, and yet they abandoned that to follow the religion of their masters? Yeah. That, that's kind of hard to wrap your mind. How, how is the Bible that powerful, right? I, I mean... Yeah, but I think the only conclusion, and it's, the I think, the right conclusion, that the Bible supersedes culture. The Bible mm. supersedes, um, uh, you know, the, the, the human wickedness and human evil. It does. It mm. rises way above. So the same way and it's it's controversial, but the same way to the slave owners, it provided a justification for what they were doing. Right. Right? For the people that were slaves, it provided hope. Reading the same Bible. Same Bible. So it yeah. really wasn't it wasn't the Bible of the slave owner. It wasn't even the Bible of the slave. Mm. It was just the word of God that was speaking back to your uh, previous question, inspiration, planting hope into the human spirit. That no matter, doesn't matter how horrible the situation might be and how conflicting it can be to the mind, because that had to be conflicting. Yeah. There is a God that doesn't stand in that doesn't stand over, lording over us, and that does not let evil and darkness go unpunished. But rather the Lord will bring freedom. And if you look at the black uh, uh post after slavery. Uh, this country, one of the most powerful forces in the religious world that we have, especially in this country, is the black church today. Mm. It's an awesome economic engine. It's an awesome social justice engine. It's an awesome intellectual uh, engine. It's an awesome uh, producer of super athletes. And on. I mean, we can go on and on. But I believe that it went through this horrible, horrible, embarrassing and, and, and brutal period of slavery in this country, which is a horrible blemish and black eye to, to the American dream and the American vision. That had to be reconciled. But they were reading the same Bible, man. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is crazy. I mean, I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but how can one prevent misinterpreting the Bible? Because obviously the, the Americans who use the Bible to justify slavery... Um, that was a gross misinterpretation of the yeah, text. Yeah. Um, and there are a lot of people today even that are reading the Bible and using scripture to justify things that aren't aligned with God's will. So yeah. how, how can one take a, a, an objective view when reading the Bible to prevent uh, misinterpreting or taking something out of context and uh, you know end up doing something egregious like that? Yeah, I, that doesn't put me on the spot at all. I think what happens, and you even in your question, uh, pointed to the answer 
And that is that they were using, the slave owners were using the Bible to justify cruelty, Hmm. to justify evilness, to justify darkness. And the Bible is so powerful that people can misuse it. Remember, even when, when Satan was confronting Jesus in the wilderness, right? It wasn't Satan... Providing scripture? He knew his word. He knew (laughs) his word. He was sharp. (laughs) And it's telling us that even people that are driven by evil and by darkness can use scripture. That's why, in a way, it it is dangerous in the hands of wickedness. It is dangerous because it can serve. And, And by the way, the history of not just America, but the history of so many countries shows this over and over, that man in his own darkness, mankind in his own darkness, will not only quench his future, but also be a destructive force to other human beings, which almost happened with slavery in this country. And so it teaches, for me, it shows that the Bible, as I said before, supersedes anything. You know, it brought hope to the slaves. It brought, unfortunately, uh, justification of action to the slave owners because they misused it. So back to Scripture, we need to try and read Scripture, and that's when I want to answer that question today how should we study scripture? Because if you're coming in with an agenda, right, right, yeah, you, you'll get the results you're looking for, but right. it's not God's results. Mm. You know, if you genuinely read scripture from a neutral perspective, really for personal inspiration, not to enact laws now that will that will allow children to be bused to people to schools where there's people of the same color, or to uh, uh, put borders up or not borders up, you know, mm. treat the the orphan and the and the and the widow, and 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 I know this makes some people uncomfortable, but my read of the Bible is that that God is about the widow, about the orphan, about the disenfranchised, about the poor, about the one that can't for themselves. Yeah, doesn't yeah. the Book of Revelation even talk about that? That up there, we're every tongue and tribe will be represented. So, but what we do is if we're reading the Bible with a set agenda already then the outcome is going to be destructive. But if we read it, Lord, speak to me, inspire me, guide me. If we let that be our guide for our life, then I think the outcome will be that we become children of light and that then we're able to bless other people, if you will, and and accommodate people that might be different than us, that might think differently than us. Because again, the, the whole focus of the Bible is a loving God revealing himself to creation, specifically to mankind. So I think... Your question is perfect, is excellent. The slave owners were using the Bible to justify, justify their evil and cruel behavior, you know? And the slaves were looking for a sense of hope. Lord, help me as I'm being, you know, as I lost my freedom, as I'm being punished and I'm being, you know, used and I'm being treated as less than a human being, you know, help me. So God becomes their helper that in the long run who who ultimately, God is always on the side of the poor, the disenfranchised, disconnected, the marginalized. I mean, that's a fact Yeah, that, that God is always on the side. And so God then works it out that we look at today and the black church, although has a horrible history in this country uh, because of slavery, nonetheless, today is a, is a force to reckon with. It's a force to reckon with, whether you like it or not, it's a force to reckon with. And, uh, and we pray that they stay on track with the Bible being their source of inspiration and not, and, and, and not to do as we saw the slave owners do, and that is justify their cruelty using Scripture. we got to be careful with that, too. Yeah. So it sounds to me that wherever you start reading the Bible or however you begin reading the Bible, it's important to let go of any preconceived notions you've had, try to be as neutral and as objective as, as possible, 
and come in with this desire for inspiration. Actually look at the text and see what is God trying to reveal to me, not insert, hey, this is what I already believe. What can I find in the Bible to fit my current belief? I, I think number one in, in how to study the Bible or how to read the Bible, again, as I said before, this is not number one, but this is the, the preamble to, to the list that I have, and that is plunge in. Don't keep planning it. You know, you can be planning forever and never execute. Execute it. Jump in, jump in, jump in. And But jump in for a personal reason. You want not to teach, not to preach, not to justify your agenda of destruction, but rather to receive inspiration, to receive guidance, to receive encouragement. If, if we believe that is a loving God demonstrating himself to us as human beings, then let's approach him that way. Because if we approach with our own agenda... We're putting ourselves higher than God because my agenda is more important than what God has to say to me. So let's humble ourselves before him and let's go into it with a personal perspective. The, the other thing that's important, and these may not be in sequence, but uh, they came to my mind as, we were, as we've were as we embarked on this, because there's very little pre-preparation for this, by the way. We're speaking, not off the cuff. You know, there is some research to this, but also I, I want to follow how uh, in our conversation we're being guided by the hands of a God that's bigger than all of us. So number one, uh, make sure that you know your perspective. It's a personal perspective. It's a personal perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, you also believe it. We talked about this uh, about the versions of Scripture. You know, don't go to the complicated English, old English kind of. You know, <laughs> if you if you're reading in English, because if, if you're like me. You know, you. I need a common language. So it doesn't need to say thou and thus. And <laughs> no, that's good for Shakespeare, but I don't think it's good for Scripture because what it does, it it it, it becomes a, a a literary work rather yeah. than an inspirational word. It can you be know? distracting, right? Yeah. yeah. But by saying that, also don't bounce around. Hmm. And some people, you know, will bounce around a week here on King James Version, a week on New International Version, a week on. And we go into no. I think you can switch, but stay. The course is like back to my thing about food, right? Yeah, I, I go through these phases where all I want to do every day for a week is eat Spanish food, right? <laughs> but then next week, maybe I'll try some Italian food, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, but I don't, I try not to mix it up in the same week unless I'm being invited somewhere. But <laughs> so, the same thing with scripture eating spiritual food. So, try to stay with a version, a common language version. And some of you right now will be saying, Well, which one? Look at your phone. Read a few verses on one and you will see. You can even type in the in the search engine common language versions of scripture and it'll give you some common language. Even something, as I mentioned it before, people, you know, they they, they jump on uh, Eugene Peterson's The Message and say that's not really a, a version of scripture. You know, I say just read. Read whatever will bring inspiration to you. If, if Eugene Peterson's The Message, the King James Version, the New International Version, just read. Read a portion of scripture. And choose the one that's good for you, which might not be good for other people. Um, so we have, uh, it's a personal perspective. You choose the version of Scripture. The other thing that's important in reading Scripture is uh, to have a place with as few distractions as possible. So um, don't try to read when you're watching TV, when there's a sports game going on, and you know things like that that will distract you when the children are still up running around. Take care of the kids. <laughs> don't abandon it could get hurt so watch the kids but there's definitely a moment of time that you can a moment of place rather that you can separate from you don't have to have a huge apartment or a huge house but there's a place where you can just get away from put on the headphones if that helps you if you're listening to the audio that's another thing we didn't even talk about people that have difficulty dyslexia or whatever it might be in reading 
You can have the Bible read to you already yeah. through through software that's already available. Free, so, online. For free, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So put on the headphones and just focus, close your eyes, kind of distance yourself from the surroundings. Uh, if you're so blessed that you have a, a place that you can you know, be by the beach or by nature, nature has a way to speak to us as well. And then just not in a rush. And, and we, there it goes to not only place, but also time. Sometimes you can read an inspirational scripture in five minutes and it inspires you. Other times it takes a while. You have to chew on it and re-listen to it again. Don't be in a rush, but pick a place. Pick a time. Some people are better because you're a morning person. You're better to absorb the word in the morning for inspirational purposes. That's me. In the morning, I do my inspirational reading because then I don't have to worry about all the other things that could distract me. I can focus in on that, but you pick a place. The other thing about, another thing to remember in reading scripture is reflection. Don't just read for the sake of reading, but pause. You know, pause in the middle of the, 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 the verse of scripture. There's a word there that can almost be screaming out to you. And if you read too quickly, you're not going to capture that. Pause and reflect on what is being said, even if it rubs you the wrong way. Because by the way, if you're, read, you're planning on reading scripture so you can feel good, you probably have the wrong intentions because truth has a way of making us uncomfortable. It just does. And that's how you grow. So when something is read in, in, in the Bible that kind of rubs me the wrong way, that doesn't, don't close the Bible. Or if you close it, just keep your finger marking the page because you need to go back to it because obviously it made you feel bad about something that you have, that you have to change something you have to cut out of your life. And oftentimes, if it makes me feel uncomfortable, I want to run away from it. So choose the version. Pick a place that helps you, that's conducive in the morning or at the end of the day or by yourself. Put on the headphones and just listen to the scripture and, 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 and then reflect on it. Then the other thing with reading scripture, because it's a sacred book and because it's inspirational and religious in nature and spiritual in na nature, it's important to also then read it accompanied with some prayer. And when I say prayer, several things we react. Uh, and one is that I, I, you know, I don't know how to pray. Welcome to the world of the disciples. <laughs> the disciples told Jesus, we don't know how to pray. Teach us how to pray. And basically when I say prayer is talk to the Lord about what you just read. So right. you, you pray in the simple way. Remember, you're not praying in front of Yankee Stadium. It's you talking to God. So he's not worried about if you can conjugate your verbs. <laughs> he wants to hear your heart, not your words. So what you've just read, you pray to the Lord so that him supernaturally would help you to apply. People normally don't have a problem reading the Bible. The challenge comes when you need to apply it to your life. Hmm. That's what it, And the only way you can do that in many instances is when you, you need help. And you need help by through the help of the Holy Spirit. So it's uh, choose the, the version of Scripture. Uh, uh, pick a place that is conducive for you to be able to read. Uh, a time of reflection, of chewing on what you've just read. Don't run away from it if, if the truth makes you uncomfortable. Uh, take a moment and do an arrow prayer, because sometimes in prayer we think we have to pray a long, long time. No, a, mo a moment prayer. Lord, help me right now, because this Scripture is really, really challenging me. And that's a prayer. That's it. Amen. And then you'll, you'll feel, if you wait for a few moments after a prayer like that, you just wait for a few moments and you'll feel the strength of the Lord to go back and read it again and let it then percolate in your life. Another thing that I think is important uh, in reading scripture is to journal. Mm. And, and that is to have a book where you write your, this is not writing the, the verses you just read, but your reaction to the verses you just read. 
And that helps you to later on come back and read, reread those. And by the way, when you write a journal, no one's going to check your spelling. So don't worry about that. Often we, we think, that, no, don't worry. It's, that's for you. It's like they used to call them diaries. Now they call them journals. The other thing is you might want a journal online, which, you know, you'll have a Word document. That's your journal. You write, that's easier for you. That's fine. But try and jot down some things, some words that come out, some reactions that you're sensing. You write those down because those are helpful. And then also what's important with uh, reading scripture so it'll help to guide you is you may want to find some a friend or someone that you have confidence with to you know go go back and forth with them on something that you have read and kind of get a bounce back from them a pushback from them about how it makes you feel now that's not totally compulsory every time but every once in a while when you have those challenges you know I just read a portion of scripture wow and it was really really uh, you know it, it, it really challenged me. You don't want to say that it made you uncomfortable or whatever offended you, but <laughs> really challenged me. And then you'll tell them, yeah, I was reading here. And sometimes somebody of confidence can help you to be more objective in when you uh, receive those scriptures, when you interact with, with, with someone else. And, you know, we all read and want to plunge into scripture for the same reason. We're curious. We're hungry. You know, we feel we're in a moment of despair. We, we feel we don't have any more hope. We feel that we've hit a wall. And all of those can be addressed uh, through uh, reading of Scripture. I believe the, the Bible in its entirety can speak to all those instances in life. You know, we run to other books. We run to see what the current speakers on, on, on television, without naming any names, can tell us. What more? You have a Bible right next to you. That Bible can help you navigate through. And don't read it with religious eyes. Read it with a hungry heart, with a hungry soul, and and I'm sure that you'll get the inspiration and encouragement that you're looking for. That's good. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I really only have one other question, which you kind of touched on throughout this episode, which, uh, which is, in your opinion, what are just some of the benefits of reading the Bible? Again, the and I and I did touch on it before, yes. but the the um, the benefits is it brings you strength. It brings you, oh another key that I didn't mention that that comes to mind right now as you pose the question. It brings balance back. Mm. And sometimes with life having ebbs and flows, and I know everyone's speaking to me right now, you have days when you can feel you're going to conquer the world. You lift up your hands and you say, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. And you're dangerous at that point because in your mind and in your spirit, whatever is going to come my way, I'm going to demolish it. And then 24 hours later, you know, we hear the whispering of the meow of a baby cat and we're, we're filled with paralyzing <laughs> fear. That's the human spirit. That happens. Yep. That's yep. the and it happens to everyone. You think of the 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 biggest warrior that you might want to, you 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 and you want to emulate you, the the athlete you want to be and all of that all these heroes that we have in our mind, it happens to anyone because that's part ebbs and flow of life a part of life, moments of feeling like a conqueror, is great but part of life is also moments when you feel like you're being conquered. Mm. So the Bible addresses those, and you can receive inspiration. You know, you just got a promotion. The book of Psalms will be excellent because you can sing and praise the Lord for the wonderful things that happen in your life. Mm. When you're going through a bad diagnosis of sickness and pain and uh, a divorce, a child that is not, you know, uh, behaving the way you would expect, and you're going through these, and then you find no answers, and you feel like everything is falling apart— my goodness, just read uh, the, the testimony of Job in the Old Testament and what he went through when he was, he was actually so in such bad condition that he cursed the day he was born. That's how bad things were for him. And yet it turned around for him at the end of, of, that, of that book. 
If you're someone listening to me and you're working on a project for your, your, your the, the business you're running or some corporation you work for, and you don't know how to move forward, what strategies you, do you need? My goodness, does the Bible address those as well? Read yourself through Nehemiah and figure out through Nehemiah how he was able in, in, in the shortest time possible be able to build a wall, uh, to build a wall, sorry, that would protect the people. And you read that and how he was able to get letters of recommendation and he was able to uh, deal with the supplies needed for the construction project. I mean, talk about deadlines and logistics. Mm. Uh, 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 Nehemiah will be very helpful. If you if you feel that you're living in captivity and you can't get out of that captivity, my goodness, go to the, the book of Exodus and look at how miraculously God led the people of, of Israel out of captivity. Yes, through a desert, but in, in route to the promised land. That'll create hope in your life. If you're dealing with uh, situations around you, trying to diminish the role of what you've learned throughout your life, that Jesus is Lord. My goodness, you don't have to go any further than the, than the book of Hebrews in the New Testament where it, it elevates Jesus to being greater than. So there's a response, and I could keep going on and on and on, mentioning, mentioning books in the Bible. Uh, if you want just these phrases and little uh, 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 uh uh, one-liners that can help you get through life. You don't need to go further than Proverbs. It's rich with one yeah. sentence that'll help you to be motivated into life. So the answers are there. The key is read it for inspiration. Read it uh, when you when you are celebrating. Read it when you're in despair. Read it. Be make it. A, I call it a spiritual discipline. That whether you want to or not, you do that. You read it because there's something to be said. And try to read it like I mentioned. Do it, do it systematically. I know that some people say, I just opened the book and there the Lord spoke to me. Yeah, that I, I, I believe God is that kind of God. He's miraculous that way. But for your, you need to have a steady diet. And a steady diet happens, a spiritual diet, happens when you go in there in a systematic way and read through. And stop in those verses that speak to you and share it with somebody and, and journal it in your, in your life. That is not a religious exercise. That is a spiritual journey that you get on that will help you no matter what. And you know what? Believe it or not, in those moments when you don't have access to the Bible and you're traveling somewhere and you're not able to, those verses come back to you. And all of a sudden you're riding an elevator to go into an interview or you're going to make a presentation and you know the, the, the Lord prompts a verse to come up in your spirit, in your heart, and it's a verse that you're able to capture and you're able to get through, and you didn't even have a Bible nearby, because ultimately the, the the goal is to have some verses uh, recorded in your spirit and in your heart and in your mind. And by the way, on this too, and then I'll turn it back to you, Matt, um, everybody should have a life verse. You know, there's search scripture for verses that speak to you. Memorize those. I have them. I have 10 or 12 verses that Depending upon where I'm at, I'll just quote them, and I'm, I'm bilingual, so I'll quote them in Spanish or in English, and they bring a sense of strength, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. I really believe that, and as you hear it being declared, it will bring a sense of, of strength in your life, uh, and you will make it through. If you've never included biblical reading as part of your spiritual diet, you're going to discover something amazing as you plunge into the Word. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So reading the Bible brings balance. The Word of God stays with you. Like you said, there are moments in your life where all of a sudden something you read years ago pops up and you're like, this applies right now. And you also emphasize really quickly, but you did emphasize it's also important to maybe even get yourself a life verse, um, which can possibly change over time as well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, any other concluding thoughts before we wrap up? Oh my goodness, we could keep going for I think a few <laughs> hours on this one because it's uh, you know what it is too that 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 I'm not sharing or pontificating to the audience. You know, you do this, you try this, you you know, you sign on. This has been my my life's journey. I mean, I've gone through those moments when. There's been a long time in between when I've read scripture and then I realized how detrimental that can be. But then I also discovered that this simple, really simple discipline of reading daily some portion of scripture, it helps. It helps to, to you know, helps to make it through the day, make it through the challenge, make it through the trial. And, uh, and, and so I'm not speaking from a, a podium and a perch. I'm speaking as a co- sojourner with so many of you that are listening, that this really works. It really does work. You know, we spend time reading a lot of other things and we've spent time on some social media platforms for so many hours. Um, you need to make some time to start reading on your own and letting the, if this is really a loving God trying to reach his creation, mankind specifically, then there's something in that book that will inspire you. There's something in that book that will bring you healing but it's not going to be transferred into your brain by osmosis. You have to have the discipline to open the book, to read it, and even ask the Lord as you're reading, Lord, what are you saying to me? And in there you will find a loving God, not a judgmental God. You will find an embracing God. You will find hope to be able to live your fullest potential. So that's my experience and and I want I want to almost hold you by the hand and say, "Come on, let's go along on this journey. You'll <laughs> you'll be so much the better for it." But that's that's my closing thoughts, I guess. Dr. Mark Rivera, thank you again for taking this time to share your perspective on how to read the Bible. I think this was very informative. I found it very informative. I hope all of our listeners found it informative as well. Be sure also to our listeners. Be sure to. Continue to follow Dr. Mark on his website. That's Dr. Mark with a C, drmarkrivera.com. Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Thank you again. This was great. Look forward to having you guys join us for the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Seek and Find with Dr. Mark Rivera. Thank you for listening and God bless.